0: Good morning. morning. I'm going to start today's message with a question How is your health today? Now, for those of you who don't know, I work in the healthcare field. I'm a home health physical therapist. So I go to people's houses every day, giving housebound people physical therapy. So most days out of the week, I have a very keen interest and people's physical health. But more specifically today, I want to ask you, how is your spiritual health today? We're gonna do something of a spiritual health assessment this morning. Now looking at people's physical health, there's a lot of ways we can assess people. Nowadays, you can just walk into a drugstore, and a lot of drugstores have these um, mechanical blood pressure cuffs. Just on the spot, you can just walk into CVS or lungs, and you can get a blood pressure check, you can get your pulse checked. If you want to be a little more thorough, then you go to your doctor. You have your doctor run some blood tests to see perhaps, what's your cholesterol level like? What's your fasting blood sugar? And with all these tests, there are different standards we look for to see if someone's healthy. So when I'm checking someone's blood pressure, I would expect a healthy person to have a blood pressure of around 120 over 80. I expect their pulse to be something like in the 60s or 70s. When I'm looking at someone's lab work, I would expect a healthy fasting blood sugar to be somewhere below 100. but how do I measure my spiritual health? I can't really go get some blood work done or have a CAT scan to see what's the health of my soul. So what can I do? That's where this comes in, the Word of God. So we're gonna look at this morning how the Word of God is a way of assessing our spiritual health, and it's a very accurate way. Now, when we look at the uh, ways that people assess their health in the physical world, there's actually a lot of uncertainty. Now, it happens sometimes that tests make mistakes. Now, some things I look for before I see a patient. I look for reports on someone's X-ray, look for CAT scans, I look for MRI reports. And you know, you use an X-ray to check if someone has a broken bone, to see if someone has a fracture. You might use an MRI to detect if someone has tumors, where they are, if they have cancer. But the fact is, a lot of these tests are not 100% accurate. There are sometimes even when an x-ray technician does everything by the textbook and does everything correctly, an x-ray will fail to pick up a fracture. I've, I've had that happen before. Or sometimes, an MRI. Now, a lot of people think of the MRI as, you know, the best possible way to, to look in someone's body, the best possible in imaging. But yet, even an MRI can make mistakes. And one paper I read said that a, sometimes an MRI, is only 75% accurate in detecting knee conditions. And there's all kinds of other tests out there we do. We do blood work, like I said, to assess if someone has an infection. And a lot of these tests, they actually come with a disclaimer. They say there is a chance of error. But if we're going to use this, assess our spiritual health, what does it say about itself? 2nd Timothy 3.16 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and 2nd Peter chapter 3 verses 20 to 21 it says no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes I look at an instrument uh, of measurement and I think, well, it might be of questionable quality. Now I'll give you an example. Um, last year, um, Christina brought, um, bought a little pregnancy test from a drugstore. And you know, it came out positive, and you can see she is pregnant. But, you know, I saw the box, and it said, made in China. Now, I'm Chinese. I can say this. Some things from China are of questionable quality. Um, yeah, so we went, went and got a more thorough test of the doctors, and things were a positive, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, when we look at the origin of the Word of God... Well, oh, this is not something that just came from a group of people, a random group of people. This is something that came from God himself, 100% from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And what else does the word of God say about itself? We see in the book of Hebrews, this is uh, chapter 4, verse 12. I'll just read it. It's a well-known verse to many of us. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it says in this verse that the word of God, from the Bible, is a discerner of my thoughts, everything that's going on in my heart. As the Word of God can discriminate and a past judgment on what's going on in my thoughts and my heart. It's really able to show the condition of my heart. So if you want to do an examination of your soul, if you want to, so to speak, get an MRI or X-ray of your heart, then the Bible is your tool to use. And the Word of God also claims to be without error. In Proverbs, chapter 30, verse 5, it says, every word of God is pure, or as other translations might say, every word of God is flawless. The word of God claims to be established forever. Now, going back to the example of medical tests that we use, the fact is, some tests get outdated. i give you an example. Um, say someone wanted to find if there was a blood clot in someone's leg. Now years ago, the standard used to be to use what's called a venogram. But over the years, doctors found there were problems with that method. And nowadays, the method of choice is to use an ultrasound to see if there's a blood clot in your leg. We see the word of God is never outdated. It's timeless, it says applicable in 2016, as it was 2,000 years ago. Psalm 119, verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. The Bible, the word of God is forever. Now we don't have time to go into it, but there's actually also not just what the word of God says about itself, there's a lot of external evidence showing that this book is something special. When you look at like, other texts from thousands of years ago, like other ancient manuscripts, other writings, like from Roman records or um, classical books, there are actually a lot of discrepancies, a lot of errors between different copies, but not the case with the Bible. A copy of the book of Isaiah from 900 AD is just about the same virtually identical to a text from a thousand years earlier. So the book you're holding, or if you're looking at your tablet, this book is something special. So what does the Word of God say about the condition of my soul? Now, I've spent some time talking about how the Word of God is really an accurate tool in assessing where you are spiritually. But what does it say now about my heart? And really, the, the initial news is not good. Now, a common misconception out there in the world is that people are inherently good. That you know, despite all the evil that goes on in the world, deep down inside, I'm a good person. Well, the Word of God says different. This is what the Word of God says about my heart. I'll just read, uh, this is a verse in Jeremiah. chapter 17, verse 9. The Word says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, people often know what the right and good thing to do is. But the fact is, we often don't do it. More often than not, we have the tendency to do the wrong thing. In uh, Chapter 7 of Romans, this is verse 18. I'll just read it. The writer Paul says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For the will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, that I do not find. And really, the human heart is full of all kinds of filth. Now, people sometimes blame a poor upbringing or a bad environment on why they do bad things. But the Bible says, you know, all the evil that you do, that really comes from inside your heart. The Lord Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verse 20, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. So in terms of what the Bible says, it says I have a definite heart condition. And not to make it sound depressing, but there really is worse news yet to come. The Bible actually says that we are born into this world spiritually dead. Now we have a common piece of equipment in hospitals that we use to detect someone's heartbeat, it's called an EKG, an electrocardiogram. So it shows a rhythm of someone's heart, and I think everyone's seen it. It kind of has this little line that goes up and down. Now, if the Bible were an EKG machine hooked up to my heart, if, the, if say, the Bible was something to, that could detect spiritual life, what would it show about my heart. Now, if I have not believed the gospel, if I'm not a believer, if I'm not saved, if I'm not a believer in the Lord Jesus, then the Bible points to me as being dead spiritually. If the Bible were an EKG machine and it were hooked to someone who's not a believer, it would register a flat line, nothing. The Apostle Paul, he writes in the book of of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1, he talks about unsaved people as being dead in trespasses and sins. And Also in the book of Colossians, Paul says that the Colossians, before they were saved, were dead in their trespasses and the uncircumcision of their flesh. Now, most of us know what it means to be physically dead. Perhaps some of us at some point have seen a dead body, whether at a hospital or a funeral. A dead body does nothing. It's lifeless. There's no movement. There's no activity. There's no breathing. But what does it mean to be spiritually dead? Now, death, just to clarify, death doesn't mean that you cease to exist. Death means separation. So when someone's physically dead, there's a separation between their body and their spirit. And so a spiritual death, there's a separation between me and God. There's no relationship between me and God. And spiritual death, separation between a person and God, eventually leads to eternal separation between man and God. Or hell. So how does a person go from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive? I become alive by believing the main message of the Bible, the gospel, that Jesus died for my sins on the cross and was buried and rose again the third day. I have to acknowledge to God that I'm spiritually dead, that I'm a sinner in need of salvation, and I ask him to save me. Now, if you're a believer here today, if you're a Christian, then praise the Lord, the word of God says you're spiritually alive. Going back to that verse in Ephesians 2.1, it says, and you he made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins. Now, if you are a believer in the Lord today, do you have life signs? And what I mean by that question is, if you are really a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you really are saved, then there should be evidences pointing to the fact that you are now spiritually alive. Now, it's not like you have to force these things into existence. Now, if we look at someone... Let's look at someone again in the physical world. Let's look at physical health. Every person in this room have what I call vital signs. So um, every day when I go visit someone in their house, I check their blood pressure, I check their respiration rate, I check their pulse, I check their temperature. And every person has these. Every person has these life signs. Um, you don't have to force yourself to breathe right now. You don't have to force yourself to have a heartbeat. You don't have to force yourself to have a temperature of 98.6. You just do. You're alive. And so a believer should naturally display spiritual life signs. And so what are these things? Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit in a believer's life. These are things that a believer should display. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Now, does this mean that every single believer is joyful 24-7, is always self-controlled, always patient and gentle? Now, if any of us are really honest with ourselves, we'll have to say that more often than we like to admit, we've been impatient in our lives, we've been not joyful, we've been not at peace. We may have been unfaithful and rough and undisciplined, more than we care to admit. but the fruit of the Spirit should be a new tendency in my life. Really, things should not feel right if these things are not in my life as a believer. Now, looking in general at people's physical appearance, we can can tell, we don't have to be a doctor, but we can tell when someone's really healthy or not. Now, if you look at someone, look at an athlete, you see they have bulging muscles, they're walking with a strong, confident stride, They're a healthy weight, they're trim. Well, you could say, well, that person's healthy. And then you look at someone who's maybe like 400 pounds, they're huffing and puffing just to get from the driveway to the front door, and they're limping along. Well, it doesn't take a doctor to say, well, that person's probably got some health problems. Now, looking at a spiritually healthy person, what should I expect? What should they look look like? What are the characteristics of a spiritually healthy person? Now we see a lot of this in the epistle of First John. A healthy believer's life should be characterized by love. Love for the Lord, love for other believers, love for people who do not know the Lord. 1 John 4, 7 states that everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. I should have a life characterized by obedience. I should be someone who wants to do what the Lord says, doing His commands, really practicing righteousness in my life. Again in 1 John, in chapter 2, verse 3, John says, by this we know Him. If we keep His commandments fact is if you really love someone you want to do what they say so if I really love the Lord I should want to do what he says really a spiritually healthy person should look like the Lord Jesus in character and if these things are absent in my life then there's something wrong If I'm a believer, I should have a hatred of sin. First John again says in chapter 5, verse 18, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now again, this does not mean that as a believer I never sin. I can say, I'll confess for myself, that as a believer, I have sinned more times than I would care to admit, but that should no longer be my practice, that should no longer be what I gravitate towards, that should no longer be my natural tendency in life. I'm going to go back to that question I asked at the beginning. Spiritually speaking, ask, ask yourself, how is your health today? Am I doing well in my spiritual health? As John the Apostle puts it, am I, am I abiding in Christ? Or has my spiritual health taken a downturn recently? It's something, but when, I see, when I've seen patients over the years... It's not always a big traumatic event that causes a downturn in someone's health. Now that can certainly happen. Certainly someone might have like a severe stroke or a car accident that really takes them down in their bodily health. But it's not always that. Sometimes just plugging along the everyday cares and trials of life wear a person down. And it can be that way with our spiritual health too. Maybe we don't have like something that's overtaken us, like sexual immorality or lying or covetousness, but perhaps we've let ourselves grow weary and bitter. And before we know it, we've, we have gone old and bitter, spiritually speaking. Now, I mentioned earlier in this message that the Word of God is your assessment tool to see how you're doing spiritually. I'll just give you a few examples. A few of them I'll say I was convicted by personally recently. Let's say when I read a verse that tells me to love my brother. Well, let me ask myself, am I really loving my brother? When the Bible says, like in a verse like Hebrews 13, verse 5, Be content with such things as you have. Well, if I look at my own heart, and and I'm really honest with myself, am I really content with what the Lord's given me? Or do I have a spirit of discontent and ingratitude? When the Lord commands me in Hebrews, later on, uh, chapter 12, verse 14, to pursue peace with all men, and to beware of any root of bitterness, let me ask myself, have I let myself become bitter towards a brother or towards the Lord? Now, it can be one of the most difficult and humbling things to do to admit that you're not doing well. Now, I see this in the physical world with some patients. A lot of patients don't want to admit that they're not doing well. They want to have the appearance that they're independent, self-sufficient, able to take care of themselves, that they're in good health, that they're strong, and don't need me. I'll say, there's one case I remember. Um, There was a man who had just fallen in their home before I came by, and the man was on the ground. I had no idea. He may have had a hip fracture, for all I knew. And And I said, um, sir, I can't help you like this. We have to cl- get to the hospital now. I said, no, I'm fine. I'm okay. I said, sir, you're on the floor. You're not okay. One of the first steps to getting back into good spiritual health is to admit I have a problem. I'm not doing well. And I really have to be willing to admit this. Now, the Lord Jesus, he observed this in medicine, too. He says in the book of Matthew, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Now, spiritual unhealthiness, it can can manifest itself in various parts of my life. Maybe there's something not right in my household. Maybe something not right in my marriage. Maybe my relationship with some people in the church is not as it should be. Maybe things are not well at my workplace. The fact is, it can really take another pair of eyes to help me get back up to full health. Someone who can objectively apply the word of God to me, help me see what's wrong. And you know, just giving you an illustration again from the physical world. A lot of times, it takes another set of eyes to help someone out of their physical health problems. Now occasionally, very occasionally, when I'm trying to get a person to exercise, I come by a patient who is disciplined and actually does their exercise every day, follows the diet plan, and actually gets better. But that's actually really rare. Most of the time, I have to um, recruit a family member to please bug my patient to do their exercise every day. Watch what they're eating. Keep them on the right track. And spiritually, that's what I'm that's probably what I need also. I need someone to help me be accountable, to help me keep on the right track spiritually. I pray with Christina just about every day. I talked to her about perhaps how things were not well with my day at points spiritually, perhaps things were bad in my thought life. I I tell Christina those things. But I also have a brother that I pray with once a month who's also an accountability partner. It might be good for me to approach an older brother or sister who can talk me through my issues and lovingly use the Word of God to point this out to me and get a plan of correction going. Now I'll just confess I had a situation myself about seven years ago, where I was having a lot of anger and resentment towards my boss at the time, and it was spilling into other areas of my life. I was not just upset at work; I was upset outside of work too. And At that time, one of my elders is actually Eric. He showed me from the Word of God what my problem was. Like I said before, the Word of God you can see as an instrument. To determine how is your spiritual health and can really pinpoint your problem because it's a discerner of the thoughts and and intents of your heart. Now, while my my boss at the time may have been engaged in some questionable practices, the fact was, a real problem was in my heart. Because you look at a verse from the book of Ephesians talking about how to behave in the workplace, it says, Be obedient to those. For my masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and sincerity of heart as to Christ. Now it really didn't matter what my boss was doing. The fact was, I had to have a respectful attitude towards my boss, and I was not having that. Now, once you come to someone for some help with your spiritual health, how are you going to take it? And what I mean is this. In fact, some people do go to the doctor when they realize something's wrong, but once the advice is given, they're not willing to carry through with the doctor's advice. Sometimes people are still in denial. I've come by people who um, they may have had a... MRI showing that they are diagnosed with some very bad form of cancer. But rather than follow the doctor's advice, they reject it, and they leave the hospital AMA, what, what we call against medical advice. And these situations often don't end well. So when I approach a brother, and I get counsel from my elders about my spiritual health, How am I going to take it? Am I going to get defensive and deny that anything's wrong? Or am I going to take it as advice from the Lord Himself and go ahead and follow through with it? Now something I'd like you to consider today about your spiritual health also, as believers, You're all part of one body. We're the body of Christ. And it's not just that if I am having problems in my own spiritual health, I can keep it to myself. Sin has a way of being contagious. If I'm not doing well spiritually, it may lead to discouragement of other believers. It might lead to other believers being ensnared in sin. And then there's also the positive side of it, too, though. If I'm doing well spiritually in my health, I'm more able to encourage other brothers and sisters and keep them well and help them grow spiritually. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your gospel that brings us spiritual life. And Lord, I pray that you would just help us grow as a body that, as believers we would be, want to be accountable to one another, and above all to you, Lord, that we would apply the word of God, your word, yes, in a brutally honest way with ourselves. We pray this in Jesus name.